GP Insights, a health cert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Professor Luc Thomas today from Lyon in France. And of course, we all know Luc and his name and his wonderful lectures and reputation as the, can I say, Luc, the god of, of, of nail melanoma and, and indeed nail nail skin cancer thank you so much for joining us even if it is uh, uh, winter in uh, in Lyon well thank you very much for the invitation I'm very impressed to to talk to all the uh, Aust- Australian friends and and of course uh, I don't believe I'm I'm any kind of god god but uh, <laughs> it's it's nice to be invited there <laughs> Thank you. Well, we, we think of you that way in, in a very respectful, humble, sincere, professional way. I'm, I, I know you understand that. Luke, Luke let us start. Uh, we're going to do two, two short podcasts with you. We're very grateful. Let's start with diagnosis of, of nail unit tumors generally. And, uh, you know, most of our audience is, uh, is skin cancer doctors. And as you know, in, in Australia, so many of us as GPs, general practitioners, now do only skin cancer or mainly uh, skin cancer. Um, w- w- let's start at the top. What, what general advice could you give our listeners about how to initially make that diagnosis? What, what about examination and features to look for? First of all, my first advice would be to forget about the story of fungal nail infection. Ah. Of course, this exists, but in fact, uh, uh, fungal infection of nails is uh, almost always secondary to a primary injury. That could be trauma-induced, that could be psoriasis, but that could be also squamous cell carcinoma and very rarely melanoma. this is why when you see an ugly nail, uh, it is often thought that it could correspond to fungal infection. In many cases, the, um, uh, the culture of fungus is positive because the fungus is there, but right. is not responsible of the whole disease. And uh, especially if the condition is on just one finger or just one toe, and especially if the condition is on hands, uh, please do not consider too much the diagnosis of fungal infection and think of other diagnoses. Psoriasis, of course, trauma-induced injuries, and in rare instance, especially if the, if the condition is monodactylic, think of cancer or tumors, let's say. Uh, and do not yeah. forget the most uh, the most common tumor on the nail is squamous carcinoma, and mm-hmm. this condition is uh, underestimated. Yeah, so that's a really helpful start, and and I think uh, Luke, um, it, it this this resonates very strongly with me because one of the key aspects that I teach GPs in, 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 in my uh, foundations course on skin cancer is, is just because something could be benign doesn't mean that it is benign. And don't get trapped into that idea that you want it to be benign and it could maybe be benign, so I'll do nothing about it. Rather if there's any suspicion or possibility of malignancy, 
you have to chase down that that pathway. I think that's that. I hear what you're saying very strongly there. I agree. I yeah. agree. Uh, of course, it's rare diseases. It's not the most common change you're going to observe on NEOS, but yeah. uh, when you consider one single patient, it could be uh, bearing uh, a rare disease. And this is why it's important to always keep this in mind. Yeah. So, so what would the approach be? How would you recommend a, a skin cancer GP approaches that problem? You, you see on, on, on one finger, um, this, you know, non-specific change, this non-specific damage, what's the approach? In my view, uh, the first approach is to check if the lesion is long-lasting or not. Yep. Second, to see whether or not it's painful, because it's very unusual to have a painful nail, and this could be a, a, a major sign in favor of squamous cell carcinoma. And then look carefully at the nail plate, but also at the surrounding tissue, because mm -hmm. you may get many informations from the peri ungual system, the folds, and uh, underneath the nail plate. And especially if you see localized signs, if you see band fashion signs, uh, things that are not involving the entire surface of the nail plate, then yeah. you must consider the diagnosis of a tumor of the nail matrix. Right, right. And, and that then inevitably leads us to the, the question of, of how to biopsy these lesions, Luke. Um, everybody's familiar or at least has heard of, of the idea of popping the bonnet and this, this almost major surgery with tourniquets and, and so on and so forth. How do we, how do we approach the idea of biopsy? Is, is that the technique that, that we need to have access to? Uh, yes, but prior to biopsy, there is one important step that is demoscopy. Yep. Uh, in my view, it is impossible to decide whether or not a condition should be biopsied without the help of dermoscopy, right. either for pigmented or unpigmented tumors. Yep. In case of, of, uh, of any kind of suspicion of tumor, it's important to look with dermoscope. And uh, there are technical things that you should know about it. First of all, uh, polarized light is not enough to uh, suppress the reflection of the plate, nail plate. So it is needed to use immersion and immersion with very, um, uh, with water, for example, is not enough. You need to use a gel to see the whole surface of the nail. Right. And this is the first thing. And second, it's always very important also to make an examination of the free edge because underneath the free edge you're going to see this hyperkeratosis or this absence of hyperkeratosis that will give you interesting information right then you're right uh, biopsy is needed uh, of course if you have a big growing tumor like uh, it's called the uh, melanotic white love for example any kind of biopsy will be efficient to recognize melanoma Right. But otherwise, uh, it is very important to recognize skin cancer by appropriate manners. Uh, in other words, if you take, for example, the biopsy on Hutchinson sign on perungal pigmentation, you may end with underdiagnosis because not enough tumor is present there. 
So right. uh, this is the first thing. And if you try to do a biopsy through the nail plate, you may end with the wrong spot. And if the spot is not the right one, then you may miss an early case of squamous cell carcinoma or an early case of uh, melanoma. So yeah. in my view, uh, the most important step is to decide whether or not biopsy is needed. And if it is needed, there is just one way, the complete exploration of the nail unit. Mm. So you make a, a, a regional anesthesia, then a tourniquet, and then you lift up the nail plate. Then you will be able to visualize exactly where is the spot. It could be keratotic spot in squamous cell carcinoma, could be pigmented spots in nevi or melanoma, but then you will be able to target the biopsy. Right. And in some cases, it is possible to do dermoscopy during surgery to yes. even more precisely target the, the, the site. And in my view, this is the only way to provide pathologists with enough material to make an early diagnosis of, of melanoma or squamous cell carcinoma. So it, it's a um, it's always struck me, um, Luke, that this is a perfect example of the need to give the pathologist the an adequate specimen and a specimen from the correct tissue. And this is even more the case uh, for for nail unit tumors. Would 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 you agree with that? Uh, yes, of course. And yeah. this is why, in many cases, it's probably better to wait for some time before biopsying a patient, because very often, especially in melanoma, in early melanoma, the tumor load is very little, and right. a too early biopsy could lead to underdiagnosis. So in my view, uh, if you doubt about the diagnosis, the best way is to follow the patient up for, for a few months and to decide if the lesion is evolving. And this will add uh, a justification for your biopsy, first of all. And yep. second, it will allow you to, to provide to the pathologist adequate material. Right, right. So, so can you then give us some tips on the key features to look out for for um, early melanoma in the in the nail unit melanoma in situ and early melanoma i mean nobody's going to miss the gross lesion and and so on what what are the early signs what uh, that particularly that uh, the differentiation between benign and suspicious luke um First of all, the lesion is monodactylic, and very often uh, you have band fashion pigmentation of the nails that is involving multiple nails in patients with dark skin or yep. in patients with occupational uh, 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 functional melanonychia. And first of all, look at the other nails. Yep. Then if the lesion is monodactylic, it's suspicious. If the lesion is regular or irregular, it's very important. If, it, if the lesion is involving the perineal skin, also is highly suggestive of melanoma. It's called Hutchinson sign. And then dermoscopy will help you to decide if the pattern is regular or irregular. Yeah. In nevi and melanoma, you have a brown background, but then you have lines. And yep. if lines are very regular, it's in favor of a benign lesion, and there is no need for biopsy. 
But if the pattern of the lines is irregular, then it's in favor of melanoma. This is the early stage of melanoma, and it's very interesting. An additional sign is to look at the free edge. If you see that the pigmentation is in line, it means that it comes from the very same spot on the matrix, and this is in favor of benign tumor. But if you see that different levels of the thickness of the nail plate is involved yeah. uh, <laughs> along the line, then it's in favor of an irregular pigmentation of the matrix, and then it's in favor of melanoma also. That's very, that's very clear. And it would, I, I would imagine for, particularly for mainstream GPs who don't see, you know, as much skin cancer as we do as full-time skin cancer GPs, this would be a great example to take a very high quality photograph and send it to a, you know, a local respected colleague who, who sees more of these cases and they can give you a, give you some quick input. Uh, I perfectly agree. This is a very good topic for teleexpertise because, in fact, uh, images are very easy to take yep. and, uh, and uh, they are some well-known experts in the field. So it's very possible to send images and this is very powerful. And uh, personally, I receive uh, images from uh, the complete planet uh, of people that are not <laughs> sure about the diagnosis and of course we are very happy to help do, do you um do you often find you can make a confident diagnosis or or at least a very confident guidance on on what to do next when you receive images like that uh, i can tell you even more uh, nowadays, I do not see patients before the surgical room when I, uh, I'm, I'm referred uh, for melanonychias triata. Right. I set the patients to be submitted to biopsy just on the basis of the image. Right. Because we are working in a very wide region. And of course, it's long travel to come to Lyon to have the surgery. And yep. uh, I select the patient on images and I meet them for the first time in the surgery room with uh, the indication of surgery almost completely taken before I could see the patient in, in real. Wow. Wow. That, that's very, very interesting. Um, uh, do you know if there is any process or mechanism in Australia or, or even globally where where some kind of opinion could be provided to, to doctors that, that provide images like that? I mean, it strikes me as a, a brilliant example of, uh, of teledermatology. I think that Cliff Rosendahl is, yeah. is offering something uh, similar to what we do, okay. but I'm not very familiar with uh, other colleagues in Australia, and okay. I don't want to be uh, offending anyone. So uh, I know Cliff, but yeah. maybe others are able to provide the same, same uh, opinions. Sure. Um, and of course, we'll be happy to also help uh, Australian colleagues and our tele-expertise website is free of charge. So there ah. is no, 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 no concern about any kind of money transfer and other things. Oh, well, that's very generous. We will um, we'll point our listeners to, to, that, uh, to that service, uh, Luke. Thank you. Um, are, are there any other key points you'd like to share around diagnosis before we move on to treatment? 
Um, I would like to concentrate again on, on squamous cell carcinoma because it's not such a well-known condition yeah. and uh, it's possible to make an early diagnosis. And this is very important because uh, when you have no bone involvement, it's mm. possible to offer conservative treatment. And right. this is a link to the next uh, podcast, by the way. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and this is why it is also important to look at red bands on nails and to look especially at bands when you have a, a hyperkeratotic plug underneath the nail plate. Yes. Of course, there are benign conditions that are characterized by that sign that, that are uh, onychomatricoma and onychopapilloma, benign conditions. But in some cases, it could be con corresponding to an early case of squamous carcinoma. And at that stage, it's possible to offer a fully conservative treatment to the patient that helps right. very much for our hand, for example. Yeah, of course. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, look, thank you, Luke, for the, um, the discussion on diagnosis. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to helpsert.com.